everyone, it's Creatively Anzi here, stories, plays and poems. I hope you all enjoyed The Jungle. Um, I really enjoyed writing it and also reading it out. Today I have an amazing and amazing treat for you guys. It's an extract of a novel that I finished. Actually, it's a completed novel. Soon come publishing it. <laughs> it's called The Shadows. Yes. It's a young adult fantasy novel about a teenage girl who develops a relentless and powerful ability that causes her to feel intense physical pain whenever someone is close to dying. The death echo forces her to save their life. So I'm going to be reading an extract from that today and I really hope you enjoy it. Please let me know what you think of it. Let's start. The Shadows. Waking Nightmare. Aurelia. Aurelia lay on the floor shaking, her body drenched in sweat, her mind still suspended between a nightmare and reality. She looked around frantically, her vision unfocused and hazy, chest rising and falling in short rapid bursts as adrenaline coursed through her veins. She squeezed her eyes shut before opening them again. On her bedroom ceiling, pinned like macabre dolls, faces frozen in horrified, wordless expressions were Alex, Mum and Dad. This new power, this energy inside of her, which she had been fruitlessly struggling to control, had saturated the entire room. Books drifted out of bookshelves, objects from her shelves floated around her room, and her desk was hovering several feet off the ground. It felt and looked like they were all underwater, except only Aurelia could breathe. Panic engulfed her as she fought to control her new ability, because her family were running out of air. She was suffocating them, killing them. She swallowed the bile in her throat, as her mind went into overdrive. She'd once told Alex that she'd imagined her energy as an invisible string, one that she could extend from herself to wrap around an object in order to move it. He'd call it telekinesis, but she knew it was much more powerful than that. Except this was different to the time when she'd made a conscious effort to move a cup with her energy. Now, all control had slipped from her grasp. The problem with trying to control her energy was that part of her mind struggled to accept that she could move things, and the other part just did it. But it was her energy, her mind that had pinned her family to the ceiling, and if her mind could do it, then it could undo it. Aurelia imagined her energy like a string, but instead of trying to stretch out, she imagined it snapping back like elastic towards her. A breathless moment, then she flinched as her TV shattered onto the floor, her books scattered, and her family screamed as they crash-landed onto her bedroom floor. Her family gasped for breath, coughing and retching, as though she'd been choking them the entire time. Time stopped as three pairs of fearful eyes landed on her briefly before skirting away. Mom scrambled to her feet and all but fled from the room. Dad got up slowly. He cast a cautious look in Aurelia's direction, his hands raised in surrender, as if she would ever attack him. Aurelia blinked back tears as she realised she just had. Well, go and see if she's okay, he said slowly. Don't use your abilities. I mean, try to get some rest, okay? Unable to speak past the lump in her throat, she nodded before he slowly backed out of her room. They aren't afraid of you, Ori, Alex began heatedly. Yes, they are, Aurelia said, Aurelia said, unable to keep fighting the tears. Your ability, not you, he retorted. It's the same thing. She wiped her face furiously. Alex took a step forward. No, just, I don't want to hurt you, Alex, she said, raising her voice. And to her horror, she felt her energy leak out and her door started wobbling on its hinges. Alex stared at the door, then glanced back at her before leaving. Aurelia burst into tears. The parents and her brother must have all come into her room during her very vivid nightmare. How was it possible that she could use her energy when she wasn't even conscious? Using her energy always took effort and concentration. She only had this power for three weeks and it was already growing past her control. What next? Would she explode because it would consume her? Maybe the woman in her nightmare was right. She should be neutered. Another nightmare brought on by the intense paranoia she'd been feeling, one that she that felt so real she'd lost control in rea reality, almost killed her family without even realising, killed them without even waking up. Images of her family wordlessly screaming as they fought against her energy painted a vivid, execrable scenario in her mind's eye. She wiped her face as she began to pace her room. This ability had brought her nothing but misery, sadness and isolation. Hiding it from the parents had been difficult, from her brother had been near impossible. She told Alex almost a week ago and he had embraced her with understanding, urged her to tell the parents. When she had finally told them two days ago and they hadn't freaked out, discarded her or worse, sent her to be fixed, she'd foolishly began to hope 
things could be different. They could, as a family, find a solution to control her energy. Because it wasn't just her energy that needed to be controlled, it was the other thing she could do. The one that was by far more powerful and more deadly, that had her contemplating running away from home. That special ability, whether she wanted to or not, she had to keep using. She had no real choice. The ability would punish her in the worst way possible. Chapter 2. Normal A calm settled over Aurelia as her mind made the only sensible solution she could see. She was a danger to her family. Feeling of being watched and followed dogged her both her waking and sleeping hours. She no longer slept without having nightmares. As she pulled out a backpack from her closet, she remembered the exact day everything had changed and the nightmares had started. Aurelia bowed, fighting a smile as she met Alex's gaze. There was a hushed silence as the visiting senses brought the ceremony to a close. She and the other contenders left the hall in single file. Thunderous applause met their arrival and she was pulled into a place embraced by Nate. Voices fell on top of each other as friends, family and fellow contenders tried to squeeze into the changing room. That was amazing, Mia said clapping. I was both afraid of you and amazed. It was like phenomenal, Jen said, kissing Aurelia on both cheeks. Is there anything you can't do? Abner said reverently, touching the black belt around Aurelia's waist. Black belt champion and a shoe for head girl with a campaign those two have run. She gestured to Mia and Jen, who grinned. We're going to rule the school next year, Jen said, putting her arm around Aurelia. This year has been pretty epic, but next year, even Mia will complain. We're going overboard. No way! More sleepovers, more parties, more! Mia squealed, jumping up and down. You and Alex showed so much restraint, Jara said, high-fiving Aurelia and Alex. Restraint? Nate said incredulously as he hopped up on a bench. She and Alex were kicking ass. Everyone laughed as Nate began to recreate what he had seen. A sudden hush sounded a few minutes later as their sensei walked in. Aurelia and Alex bowed. I'm very proud of you both, he said solemnly, before his mouth split into a wide grin. Two words, judo, Olympics. Aurelia shared a wide-eyed look with Alex. After your exams, we will talk more. Sensei put a finger to his lips before walking out. The noise level was near deafening when the door closed behind him. Mia began singing as applause and congratulations rang out louder than before. Congratulations, Mum said, breaking through the crowd and hugging Alex before she embraced Aurelia. That was a very reckless move, Alex, Dad said, attempting to sound stern, but he was fighting a smile. You know I like to live on the edge, and anyway, I had to help Ori, Alex said, grinning and looking completely unrepentant. Just in time too, I almost went out of the ring, Aurelia said exuberantly as she was still feeling hyper from winning her last round. Mum pursed her lips and was about to say something when Mia shouted, Party at my house! There's a, co there's a coach outside, let's go! The crowd surged forward. Aurelia grabbed Alex's hand and joined the herd. You know, you're only delaying the inevitable, right? Alex said as they ran onto the coach. I'll delay her until we reach the Olympics. Alex gave her a sceptical look and shrugged as she accepted the bottle of champagne that was being handed around. She took a long swing. A song for us, Mia, Alex said, taking the bottle of Aurelia to take a drink. Mia sang and they all joined in. The singing and, party and partying went on all night. Around 3am, Aurelia passed out in Mia's opulent living room amongst her friends. The next morning, she and Alex were showered and in fresh set of clothes before anyone woke up. Thanks to the number of sleepovers, they always had fresh clothes at Mia's house. Aurelia quickly sent out a message to the group chat before making her way home with Alex. I might ask Jen if she wants to get back together. It's been two months, we haven't had a single argument. Plus, she let me kiss her three times yesterday in, that, in the games we played, Alex said rapidly. They're going to have to thank Nate for that, Aurelia said. He has a technique, Alex began. All that practice from all the partying he does, Aurelia quipped. Alex laughed. Jen also told me that she misses me and Alex talked non-stop about Jen and Aurelia nodded along. She had began to feel strangely uneasy. When Alex suddenly quietened as they reached the house, she knew her unease was validated. They both walked in to what could only be described as an ambush. A, side, a slideshow was displayed on the TV and various notes and articles had been arranged on the coffee table. Both parents looked tense. You two did brilliantly, Mum said, coming over to hug them both. Aurelia stood stiffly before sitting down beside Alex. But, Mum went on her tonal business, this can't go on any longer. What? Aurelia and Alex said. We can't practice karate or judo or kickboxing, Alex shrugged off. All of this has to stop now, Mum said decisively. Aurelia was aghast. She'd been afraid Mum would make them choose one or two to drop, maybe less tournaments, but to stop everything, that had been beyond even her imagination. We're not stopping, Aurelia seized. 
Yes, you are, Mum countered, grabbing her tablet off the coffee table and showing them a short clip from yesterday. Even if you try and restrain yourself, you will always be faster than a normal human being. A normal human being, Aurelia echoed. Yes, a normal human being, Mum said, stressing the word normal. Do you think a normal human being can move as fast, hear as well, see or even heal the way you two do? Do you? Answer me, Mum said, raising her voice. No, Alex and Aurelia mumbled. Good. Now I don't want you two using your abilities. We barely use them now, Aurelia said, gaining her feet. We suppress them. We suppress a part of ourselves. Being shadows is part of who we are. Using your abilities gives you an edge. Now there is talk of the Olympics. And what happens when they test your blood and find out you're different? What then? Do you want to be cast away and experimented on? Mum said, taking a deep breath. I have abilities. I understand. You don't, Aurelia said furiously, hot tears in her eyes. If there's one thing you don't get, it's abilities. It's like a limb, and you're just saying, oh, don't use your hands because God forbid that the outside world judge us. I, for one, am not ashamed of who I am. I'm not afraid of what others think. Both parents were unmoved. Aurelia turned to Alex, her eyes beseeching. Technically speaking, we can't physically stop using our abilities, even if we wanted to, which we don't, he said firmly. But Aurelia could see the resignation had been in his gaze yesterday. Tell us to stop practicing martial arts if you have to, but we can't stop being shadows. That's our DNA, and using our abilities is a gift. We don't see it as the disadvantage like you and Dad do. It's not that we see it as a disadvantage. We've always encouraged you to use your abilities, but right now, people are starting to notice certain things. A man my firm defended a few months ago was broken out of prison in a very suspicious circumstance and it's most likely being experimented on because people feel physically weak when they are near him. That is mum and I's greatest fear for the both of you. The way you two move, it's too different, Dad said. People were noticing the difference yesterday. We're going to let fear rule our lives, Alex challenged. This is not about fear, but yes, we are afraid because the danger is real, mum said calmly. There have been whispers for years about people who have unlocked their so-called shadow DNA and as a result have abilities, but we need to keep them as whispers. We don't know how people could react. So we have to hide who we are because of what we think people might do, Aurelia said. Why don't we give people the benefit of the doubt? Don't be naive, Ori. You're too smart for that, Dad said. Maybe the masses are ready to welcome shadows? I don't know, but it's not a risk I'm willing to take with my children. For now, you can practice with your abilities inside closed doors. Alex sank back down in the couch and after a moment Aurelia joined him as they, as both parents talked about the dangers of being different. I'm sorry about the no abilities comment. I know how important it is to both of you, Mum said softly. I used to love listening to your heartbeats when you were younger. When I really focused, I could hear you all the way from the office. That's over eight miles away, Dad said impressed. Mum smiled. It's been a while for me, but we can all practice together as a family. Aurelia nodded before going into her room. Her eyes watered Mama Azelle on her desk. She looked away before walking out of the house. It was that afternoon it had happened, walking in Hampstead Heath to clear her head. A feeling of dread had stolen over her, so subtle at first. She dismissed it, but as the days continued, she'd learnt to fear her own shadow. Aurelia shook her head as soft talking from the parents' room brought her back to the present. She should laugh at the irony of wanting to use her ability so bad she'd gotten a new ability that refused to be ignored. But there was nothing funny about what she could do and what would happen if she disobeyed. She wiped her eyes. It felt like not a day had gone by that she hadn't shed tears. She couldn't do this anymore. They'll understand. It was the fear that made you lose control. Like Alex said, it's your abilities, not you. A soft voice that sounded suspiciously like Mama Azelle said, Mama Azelle, who'd almost been institutionalised because she was convinced someone was following her, that someone was testing her. Mama Azelle, Aurelia's biological mum, the only person who could have explained and even understood. Aurelia shifted her weight from one foot to the other. She wanted to believe Mademoiselle's voice, but she'd seen the fear in their, the parents' faces. But then they had been afraid the very first time, years ago, when she and Alex had first showed signs of having special abilities. Aurelia and Alex had heightened senses, something that when Aurelia had first discovered at seven years old, thought would freak out the parents. But the opposite had happened. They had explained that they shared similar abilities and they taught them control. Unlike in the movies, it hadn't really changed their lives dramatically, though it was still something that marked them as others, as shadows. And these new abilities that Aurelia alone had gotten, 
distance her even further from the norm. The parents had been cautious when she told them of her new abilities, but they had accepted her. They would be scared, but they would always understand. In the end, they always accepted her. Having special abilities wasn't something that was new in their family, and like Alex said, it was her ability, not her, they were afraid of. Aurelia nodded to herself and took a few deep breaths before carefully making her way down the corridor to the parents' bedroom. She's far more dangerous than I realised, Mum said. But what can we do? If we anger her, she could. I'm not even sure what she could be capable of. She is so powerful, and with all these nightmares and the paranoia she's been feeling, I don't know if she can control this ability, Dad replied. Aurelia sucked in a quiet breath. I'm scared of what she could do. I thought she was going to kill us. Mum began crying. Aurelia was rooted to the spot for several moments before she turned and made her way back to her room, her mind strangely blank as she packed up her backpack. Aurelia lay curled up inside her tent. She glanced at her phone. Mum was calling her every hour. In a few moments, she would call again, and Aurelia would ignore the call. That wasn't her life anymore. It couldn't be. She was uncontrolled, dangerous, paranoid, and most likely going crazy. A warm breeze shook her tent. She had picked a pretty isolated spot in Choco Forest, Colombia. No humans around to be harmed, and the animals knew to give her a wide berth. The trouble came when her special ability forced her to act, because she could no longer control her energy. This was getting harder and harder to do. She'd almost killed both herself and someone else as a result. She stopped trying to use her energy to move things with her mind. It had gotten beyond dangerous, but just because she didn't want to use her energy, it didn't mean her energy would obey. Her phone began to ring. Aurelia missed the parents and Alex. Her, her phone was suddenly sliding towards her. She closed her eyes and tried to clear her mind. But meditating, something that had always brought her peace and was one of the only things that had stopped her energy from wreaking havoc, was becoming impossible to do. Her mind was too full. She heard too much, smelt too much, saw too much. It was getting harder and harder rather than easier. Chapter 3. The Death Echo Aurelia opened her eyes. Having meditated for nearing three hours, she felt a little better. She unzipped her tent, stepped out into the thick vegetation, the noise from the forest blocking out her th the thoughts in her head as she gazed skyward. A familiar yet unwanted sensation washed over her. Someone was watching her. She turned quickly, feeling a chill walk up her spine, but before she could locate the cause of her unease, her body shuddered as she tried to brace herself for what she knew was about to happen. Her chest began to feel uncomfortably tight, as if she'd held her breath for too long. Her only warning before. Her skin ignited with a burning sensation as pain sliced through her frontal lobe. Unimaginable agony and utter terror engulfed her. She screamed, her arms flailing around wildly as she tried to pat away the phantom flames. Her body felt like it was burning, the pain sending her heart skyrocketing, pushing her towards oblivion. A few agonising moments passed before the feeling lessened a fraction, but it was enough for her to think and to tell herself to calm down, and even more time passed before she could convince her brain that this sensation wasn't real. Her body hadn't really been set on fire, then shot. Before the pain slowly ebbed away, all that was left was an urgent sensation in her chest, the feeling a warning that somewhere someone was going to die in a way that she had just experienced. Her breathing was ragged, her hands shaking as adrenaline coursed through her. The pain from what Alex had dubbed the death echo, a sensation she couldn't quite shake yet. That too was getting worse. All her abilities had flipped out of control, but the death echo was the one she feared the most because experiencing another's death was not only exceptionally agonising, it terrified her. But there was no time to think of the deeper ramifications of what would happen when she could no longer convince herself she wasn't the one dying. Someone needed her, and if she didn't hurry, they would feel what she had just felt. Aurelia put on her black surgical mask, a habit Mama Azelle had taught her and Alex protect their identity when using their abilities out in the open. She pulled on her black hoodie and began running. Her, sp her super speed, another upgrade to her normally above average speed, both frightened and exhilarated her. Even though, like everything else, she couldn't always control it, she'd accidentally ran to Oostend in Belgium. Her body suddenly halted, her mind spinning at the sudden change. She tried to run forward, sensing, and it was a sense, 
an obscure feeling in her chest. She had to follow in order to find the would-be victim before they ran out of time. As though life wasn't hard enough, the person was still, if she had to guess, a mile ahead. But her feet simply wouldn't go into what she called her super speed. She jogged the rest of the way, pushing her body to go faster, but to no avail. Her frustration mounted as the smells in El Churio, Panama, threatened to overwhelm her. An overload of sensation almost brought her to her knees, but she didn't stop. She couldn't. Ever since she had saved a cyclist from being run over by a car, the very first time disability had come to her, she had always been just in time. She never, ever wanted to know what would happen if that urgent feeling in her chest, telling her that the person's death was close, ever reached a crescendo. She struggled to control her sense of smell. It wasn't an exact science, more of an instinct, something she had previously thought she had mastery over. But with the emergence of her two new abilities, the others had gone into revolt. She came to a stop in front of a beautiful wooden two-storey ranch. Because at this, because as this ability had shown her, death could happen anywhere, even in picturesque places. On silent and careful feet, she made her way to the rear door. For once her acute hearing, heeding her request as she listened for any noises. Two heartbeats thudded loudly from inside the building, one rapid, the other calm. Silence from both. Aurelia's hand gripped the door as the feeling in her chest came, became an urgent pulse. The door squeaked as she opened it. The calm heartbeat accelerated, followed by heavy footfalls nearing her location. Hastily moving away from the door, she quickly scanned the ranch. Despite all the blinds being closed, she couldn't chance running to the front of the residence. There was a large window open on the second floor. She could make the jump. If she got in whilst the attacker was at the door, maybe she could surprise them and perhaps free the victim, who the feeling in her chest was urging her was inside. The footsteps were closer. She glanced up, then down, then up, then down. Then she was leaping into the air. She let out an exhale as she made the jump. Her quick reflexes that had gone haywire were clearly returning to her. The window frame wobbled and she fell head first into the building that clearly wasn't so perfect since the inside had been completely gutted. She fell two floors, letting out a startled sound as she landed with a loud thud. The fall knocked the wind out of her as her head smacked sharply against the unyielding concrete, her body immediately alerting her of a twisted left ankle, a sprained right wrist, and from the sharp intake of pain, she fell every time she took a breath. She'd most likely broken a few ribs again, but she had also punctured a lung. She blinked the moisture out of her eyes and looked up, a silencer attached to a gun in the arms of a masked band that she knew was going to kill at least one person tonight. She went to scream, but her energy stopped her as it left her in one short burst, knocking the attacker backwards. His body hit the opposite wall with an audible thud that had Aurelia wincing. Dizzy from the fall and the use of unsanctioned energy, she stood on shaky feet. A muffled cry on her left had her jumping, the victim, personifying the name with how battered he looked, gagged and tied to a chair, completely naked, his skin so raw it actually hurt to look at him. Aurelia walked over and tried to untie him under his fearful gaze, her movements clumsy. It took her a few moments to undo the numerous knots. Thank you, he stammered, when she'd finally when she'd finally freed him from the complicated gag preventing him from talking. You're welcome, Aurelia said, removing her hoodie and handing it to him. He tied it around his waist as he attempted to stand. Don't try to get up. I'll, I'll call the paramedics and the police, she said, already dialing the number for the police. You are no longer in any danger, she added as she realised the pain in her chest had seized the moment she had knocked the attacker out. No, don't do that. Not yet, the victim, who looked to be about 15 years old, said loudly. Sorry, they did something to my ears. I can't really hear what that well. It comes and goes, but at least my tongue has grown back. What? Aurelia said, and she missed what the policeman on the phone said. Absolutely crazy! Aurelia winced at how loud the victim was. He noticed and tried to lower his voice as he said, Is he dead? No, Aurelia said slowly, ending the call. She hadn't meant to hit him that hard. In fact, she hadn't meant to hit him at all. But more importantly... Had she misheard or had the boy said his tongue had grown back? He is the devil. We need to kill him right now before he wakes up, the victim said urgently, vengeance in his bloodshot gaze. My dad will probably pay you extra. Aurelia looked at him non-paused. Her vision was getting spotty. She hadn't slept nearing 42 hours. 
With all the running, the energy and the fear she felt almost constantly, she was ready to pass out. She blinked hard and tried to focus on what he was saying. I'm his heir, he said, and had the audacity to be exasperated. He looked like a pit bull had chewed him up and spat him out, but he was annoyed because she hadn't recognised him. Not that she could, given his state, as heir to a hotel dynasty. Don't you watch TV? His voice was barely a whisper, but she heard him. No, an outright lie. Mum was the producer of a news show that, until recently, Aurelia never missed. And she'd also spent the beginning of her summer in her forced isolation, binge-watching different shows she's missed due to revision. That was neither here nor there. She really didn't like his tone. Your dad didn't send me. I came here of my own volition. It's kind of what I do. I save people from dying. She emphasised the last word. You have to make an exception. He is pure evil. The things he can do. He wouldn't even believe me. You should help me kill him before he wakes up, the boy persisted, none too quietly. Aurelia felt a strange need to indulge him. She put it down to her lack of sleep. Look, I'm sure you always get your way and I can't apologise enough for how you've been treated, but your life has been spared today. No ifs, no buts. You'd be dead right now. I know you want to punish this man and he will be punished, but you will not take his life when I literally just saved yours, she said her voice firm and slightly augmented. She could manipulate her vocal cords so her voice sounded rougher and by far more threatening than her normal voice. His eyes had gone wide when she had changed the pitch of her voice. I will at least remove his mask so you know who's been tormenting you. Aurelia pulled a balaclava off the attacker, who looked to be in his late teens, his mouth obscured by a strange metallic half-mask. That's obsidian, the heir explained, and attempted to get up again before he sank back down. He's not the guy who's been torturing me. Are you sure? Aurelia asked. Yeah, Obsidian didn't torture me. He only showed up and cut my tongue out. What the hell did the other guy do? Aurelia thought. Cutting someone's tongue out definitely qualified as torture in her books. It's nothing compared to what what hysteria can do. And he said he was only using a fraction of his power on me. That if he wanted, he could make me go crazy with fear. Aurelia turned slowly. His power? What power? She asked. The air hesitated for a moment. Then his words came out in a rush. It all began earlier this year, before they brought me here to torture me. I, I was going crazy, or I thought I was. I felt scared all the time, e even of things I'm not usually afraid of. I basically stopped sleeping. It, it sounds insane, but it was like my nightmares were following me out of sleep. That's what hysteria can do. He has powers. You believe me, right? Aurelia nodded. Her heart was racing as she turned from the air to obsidian. Defiance and fear warred in Obsidian's eyes. So many questions vying for position in Aurelia's head, she opened and closed her mouth several times. Why? she demanded. Obsidian's look of defiance increased and a touch of smugness entered his gaze. Answer her, the air yelled. Because torment and torture brings out the evolutionary edge in you, Obsidian blurted out. And though he said the words in Spanish, he had a strong Irish accent. He looked surprised as though he hadn't meant to speak. There was a moment of stunned silence, then Obsidian reached for something in his pocket. Aurelia lunged for him, but she was slow, her reflexes jerky, and she stumbled, falling over and smacking her head on the floor again. At the rate she was going, her, cushion, her concussion probably had a concussion. Darkness beckoned, and she felt and she fought to stay conscious. She watched helplessly from the floor as Obsidian pressed something on his phone before picking up his gun and advancing on the air. Stop! The air shouted, and Aurelia felt a strange feeling wash over her, and to her utter amazement, Obsidian stopped, his body frozen mid-step. The air was about to say something when two men and a girl, who looked like she was Aurelia's age, burst into the room. Aurelia tried to get up. The world lost its focus as the girl, her face obscured by a mask, with a strange symbol Aurelia thought she recognised, came close to her. The girl's gaze was eerily euphoric as she stared at Aurelia for a long moment before walking back to the centre of the room. You see, it worked, the girl said in flawless Spanish, but her accent hinted at the Chinese origin. Was I being tested too, Tremor? Obsidian gritted out, movement slowly coming back to his body as the two men who came with the girl helped him out of his frozen position. Everyone needs to be proven worthy. The girl, Tremor, said shortly, and I will do whatever it takes to ensure this happens. Tested? The heir said incredulously. I thought you were lying, Obsidian, but it's true. This was all some kind of experiment to get me to use to... You could have killed me. I'm only 15, you psycho. My parents were going to have me commit to a mental hospital. 
You cut my tongue five times. Hysteria made me live my nightmares. You, you. The air's voice faltered, and he looked like he wanted to get out of his seat as his eyes blazed with shocked indignation. You should be thanking the elders for making you stronger. Hysteria went easy on you. You have no idea what he's capable of. It's nothing compared to what others have been put through. You should be willing to suffer anything, willing to die if it makes you stronger, Tremor said fervently. Don't ever test me again. Only the master's Dean's words were drowned out as one of the guards began talking. I'm willing, Tremor. Please tell the elders of Volva I'm willing to pass every test. I will submit myself to even hysteria's power to prove my worth. I won't fail like some of the others. He kowtowed to Tremor, who had walked up to stand in front of the air. Aurelia felt the world going dark. She was passing out in front of four crazy attackers, and the air. He was defenceless as Tremor glared at Obsidian and said, I'll do it myself then. She prized the air's jaw open, and in a lightning-fast move, cut out his tongue with a sharp blade. The air joined Aurelia as they both screamed. Our anger galvanised Aurelia forward. She stretched out her hand, and the little energy she had left poured out of her, pushing the four attackers back. A horde of police cruisers and two ambulances screeched to a halt outside. Tremor locked eyes with Aurelia for a moment. She threw something onto the ground before she, Obsidian, and the two guards seemed to disappear into the ground beneath them. A noise louder and more high-pitched than a froghorn pushed Aurelia against the wall, bursting her eardrums before it knocked her unconscious. Chapter 4 The Air Aurelia woke up breathing hard as she looked around, her mind frantic. She was in a room, not just any room, a hospital room. She couldn't be sure if it was real or imaginary. Whichever it was, she had to leave. She was standing before the thought had even finished forming. She yanked the oxygen mask off her face and the monitor attached to her arm. She made a beeline for the nearest window when a boy in a wheelchair that was hooked up to so many monitors he probably needed his own satellite wheeled himself in. He held up a tablet and the words, it wasn't another nightmare, were displayed. Strange how we knew exactly the words to use that her discombobulated mind suddenly cleared and everything that had happened last night came rushing back. He was staring at her so intensely that Aurelia touched her face. The mask was still on, covering her identity. He scrolled up and the words, I told them to leave it on. Because of my injuries, we had to be airlifted here. We're in Miradira, Mexico. This is a private clinic run by my family, appeared on the screen. Thank you, Aurelia said slowly, then realised his intense stare might be because he couldn't hear properly. I'm... I'm so sorry about your tongue, and I'm guessing your hearing is still damaged? He nodded and typed, not your fault. It is, Aurelia thought, her eyes stinging with tears. But starting a pity party in front of someone who'd been tortured for weeks, lost most of their hearing, then had their tongue cut out seemed wrong. So she blinked a few times and swallowed the lump in her throat. Are you okay? He typed. Aurelia nodded. The air stared at her. What's your name? She blurted out, because she was likely to start the pity party anyway. Juan Iñanque Salvador. Are you sure you're okay? In a smaller font, he'd written, If you want to cry, I can leave. Looking at her with so much concern that Aurelia almost gave into tears. It's nice to meet you, Juan. You're really brave, Aurelia said, enunciating her words clearly. Juan shrugged and typed, My dad is flying experts from around the world. I will get better. How comes you're okay already? My ears are still sore, but that's one of my abilities. I heal fast, Aurelia said. Juan nodded, then, start, then stared at her expectantly before typing on his tablet. What should we do? About? Aurelia asked. Them. I, um... She should have felt relieved. The feelings of paranoia she'd been feeling were validated. The shadowy boogeyman, hysteria, was real. Except, if anything, she felt worse. He began, he began typing again, when Aurelia remained silent. We have to do something. Obsidian told me that the torture was a test to bring out my powers. I didn't believe him, but he was right. The elders of Evolve are an organisation. They are testing lots of people, like they did to me. They made me think I was going crazy. I got kicked out of boarding school. My dad was going to take away my allowance. My mum wanted me to get committed to a mental place and I barely survived. Others haven't been as lucky, which sounds like tremor and hysteria killed them. We have to stop them. Aurelia finished reading the words. She sighed. How? There's so much we don't know. 
she said slowly, her mind refusing to accept what happened. Did they test you? She read the words twice before responding. Yes. He gave her a meaningful look. They are testing people with abilities. Is that why Obsidian cut out your tongue to make it grow back? Aurelia asked. He squinted at her, then she repeated what she had said. He nodded, then shook his head, then typed for a few moments, his movements quick. A bandage on his pinky began bleeding and Aurelia stopped him. He opened his mouth, tears filled his eyes before he shook his head and began typing again. I can make people do what I say. My mum always said that I have a way with words. I thought people only listened to me because my family's rich and powerful. Obsidian told me the test would release my power. He was right. Aurelia went to take the tablet when he handed her another one. Rich people, she said, and he smiled as he typed. They are wrong. I've had my ability since I was young and I wasn't tortured. She showed him the tablet and met his gaze for a long moment before he nodded. They are wrong. Your ability is a gift. Don't ever think you got it because some something they did to you. Did they cut out your tongue to stop you from speaking? Aurelia asked. He nodded, then typed. They also made it grow back. They wanted me to use my power. How? Another shadow? When he looked confused, Aurelia typed. It's a term my mama made up. All humans have shadow DNA, but only a rare few can access this. And apparently that's where our special abilities come from. It's just a theory. One looked thoughtful then nodded before typing. I thought it was medicine that they used to heal me, but using someone else with special abilities, a shadow, makes sense. Aurelia sighed. Another shadow, no doubt being held against their will, being forced to heal people. More words appeared on the screen and Aurelia looked down again. We have to stop them. Obsidian said they were testing me to see if I had abilities. That means they don't know who is a shadow and who isn't. A lot of people are getting hurt. They were both silent for a while, and Aurelia sat heavily on the bed. Her head swam, and her stomach rumbled loudly. I'm sorry, you must be hungry and thirsty. There was a little emoji of a drink. You were asleep for 12 hours. Juan picked up the phone and bes beside Aurelia. A few moments later, two nurses arrived with various platters of sandwiches, bowls of fruit and vegetable. Aurelia hesitated for a moment. Her mask would prevent her from eating. If you need anything, just dial nine, one of the nurses said before wheeling Juan out. Aurelia ran to the food. Her stomach welcomed the meal like manna from heaven. When she'd eaten more than half of the platter, she eyed the ensuite for a moment before heading in for a shower. Feeling refreshed after showering and brushing her teeth, she went to put on her mask and she hesitated at her appearance. Her eyes began to burn and she blinked furiously for a few moments before the need passed. Is this my life now? Despair began to settle on her at the thought of spending the rest of summer, probably the rest of her life, in similar situations to the ones she was in now, or worse, fighting those people she'd met yesterday. Tears began to fall thick and fast as she struggled to draw breath. She couldn't do this anymore. She just couldn't. She didn't want this new ability. She hadn't chosen it. Didn't she get a choice? She hadn't realised the cost of freedom until she could no longer afford the price. How foolish she had been to think it had been cool when she had first moved something with her mind. She remembered the first time she'd used her energy. Exhausted from having revised for nearing six hours straight and fearful of falling asleep because of the nightmares her feelings of paranoia had produced, she had reached for her mug of tea on her bedside table. Stretching over, desk chair wobbling on two legs because she had refused to get up, the mug had slid straight into her outstretched hand. She'd questioned her sanity then and dismissed it as a hallucination. But when she had done it again the next day, hovered a glass, fluked in midair, she knew it had to be one of three things. Either she was dreaming, going crazy, or had developed a new ability, her energy. The third thing proved to be true, and for a few days, she'd hidden the ability, fully intending to tell Alex, possibly after she'd played a few harmless tricks on him. Her confidence that she could master her energy high, due to her ability to control her superior senses. But then another new ability, the death echo had shown up on the heels of her realization that mastering her energy was going to be near impossible and everything had gone from disastrous to catastrophic. Not only was she struggling to move things with her mind but now she was experiencing the mo moments before people's deaths, experiencing in vivid detail. The first time it had happened almost three weeks ago she hadn't known what was happening but the fear, the absolute feeling of terror that had engulfed her, that feeling had never really left her because it was horrific 
despite how many people she had saved, how many times she had to endure that pain gripping her body and making her feel like she was about to die, she hadn't gotten used to it. Every time felt like the first time she had experienced it. Worse, because she now lived in fear of it ever overcoming her at any moment. Aurelia wiped her eyes, furious at herself for crying again. For weeks, she truly believed she was heading in the same direction as Mama Azelle, but she wasn't crazy. Nor was Mama Azelle, who died never knowing whether her feelings of paranoia were real or imaginary. Juan's tongue had been cut out, not to mention most of his hearing was damaged, maybe permanently. And despite these experts, his dad was probably rounding up. The only way he'd get better is if they tracked down the shadow who could heal him. They'll pay for this, she thought, blinking hard. When she opened her eyes again, her gaze was full of so much anger she recoiled at her own reflection. Justice, not revenge, already said, quoting the words Alex had said to her a few weeks after Mama Azelle had been killed. Justice, not revenge, Aurelia repeated as she squared her shoulders and walked out of the bathroom after putting her mask on. The words better met her. Aurelia nodded, having heard Juan wheel himself in a few moments ago. Good, so what should we do? Nothing, Aurelia said. He looked startled. Aurelia picked up the second tablet and typed out, You have suffered enough. Put this entire ordeal behind you. Go back to your normal life. I have no tongue! Juan's eyes blazed with anger as he typed furiously. I can barely hear. The doctors are still fixing me. It's going to take weeks. Evolve ruined my life forever. No one should have to go through what I went through. Aurelia sighed and looked away. Juan waved at her. The words, I don't blame you, appeared. Aurelia hesitated before typing. You should. Juan shook his head. You saved my life. Aurelia nodded. I know you feel bad, but this is not your fault. And when we stop them, we can ask the shadow to heal me. We can work together. You can stay here. Aurelia shook her head. I can't, she typed as her energy stirred. Juan looked petulant. I really do want to help you get better, but I can't be around others. My power is dangerous. I can't control it, Aurelia said slowly. Her energy slipped out. The air gasped as some of the plates began floating in the air. Aurelia sat down and closed her eyes as she tried to reel her energy back in. I've eaten and rested. That means I'm stronger. I'm also more dangerous. I could hurt you. I could hurt everyone in this clinic, kill them in my sleep. That's what I nearly did to my family. That's what I mean when I say I have no choice. The Juan flinched when Aurelia made to get up. She sat back down, then looked up, and the words, that was really cool. Scary, but cool. <laughs> Aurelia smiled. How does it work? His eyes were alight with curiosity as he wheeled closer. Aurelia regarded him with amazement. Over 70% of his body was covered with gauze, both legs were wrapped in thick plaster. It hadn't dimmed his spirit. She envied him his resilience. Aurelia took a deep breath in and glanced at one of the empty plates. She reached forward with her hand, fingers pointed. She focused on her fingertips, pushing a finger's width strand of energy out of each fingertip. She pushed her energy towards the plate. Her energy surrounded the plate. Aurelia flexed her fingers as the plate rotated in midair. When she held the plate with her energy, she could feel the weight and texture of it as though she held it with her hand instead of her mind. Aurelia dropped the plate. It shattered as it hit the floor. She put her hands up in surrender, but Han was looking at her with veneration. She looked away as she began to pick up the pieces. She heard a noise and looked up. You're really powerful. If we work together, then we can stop them. The doctors can help us. Please, I want to be able to speak again. Reached for the tablet to respond and stopped suddenly as her chest began to hum and she braced herself as her back became alight with pain. It felt like she had the wind knocked out of her. She couldn't draw breath. Her eyes watered as her mouth opened, trying to pull oxygen into her deprived lungs. The pain was so extreme that it locked her joints into place, paralysing her. The feeling held her immobile for a few moments before it let go. She saw Juan frantically pressing the nurse's call button, his face frozen in horror. Aurelia finally drew in a deep breath, her head spinning as her chest hummed urgently. Five nurses, two doctors and four guards rushed in, looks of panic and caution painted on everyone's face. Breathless and unable to speak, she gestured for them to leave. Her energy leaked out, pushing everyone back. Juan's scream split the air as a nurse landed on him. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, Aurelia said. I'm, I, I'm so, I, I can't stay here. I have to go. She jumped out of the window and began running. She didn't know how the death echo worked, but sometimes some people had less than others as though her body didn't sense the danger until it was almost too late. 
whilst other people she sensed it with more time than she needed. Aurelia didn't glance back as she ran. She was far too dangerous. But Juan was right. She really did need to master her abilities. Chapter 5. The Cornfield Aurelia hadn't slept in two days, unable to get Juan's screams out of her mind, unable to wrap her mind around the impossible. Elders of Evolve, not a shadowy figure dodging her footsteps, but a real honest-to-god organisation endangering people's lives to see if they were shadows. She wasn't ready for that kind of challenge. She wasn't ready for any of it. A feeling of guilt and shame washed over her as she began to pace. She didn't know when she turned into a person who ran away from helping others. She used to be just like Juan, ready to face any danger if it meant saving another's life. She blinked hard as her speed seemed to increase on its own. She was about to struggle against it. When she just allowed herself to enjoy the sensation, she smiled as she ran across the Gulf of Mexico towards New Orleans. She had been running at full pelt for about 10 minutes when she, was re- when she realised she was approaching land fast. She tried to stop, but again her feet had a mind of its own. The low hum in her chest became an urgent pulse, and despite running at full speed, her eyes closed against the pain. She forced them open just in time to see herself run straight into a tree. Ears ringing, eyes on focus, her head felt like it had been split open. Soundless tears ran down her face. The pain she was experiencing was bordering obnoxious. There really needs to be a threshold for the amount of pain someone endured before they were allowed to pass out. Serpine on the floor, Aurelia struggled to lift her head up. Sitting up, let alone getting up to save someone, seemed utterly unattainable. She attempted to raise her head again, her vision red and blurred, as blood poured from what felt like a very large gash on her forehead. On her third attempt, she was able to lift her head up, but she had to be faster because the feeling in her chest was becoming unbearable. Time crawled by as she tried to stand, her hand fir- firmly plastered to her forehead that hadn't stopped bleeding. Aurelia staggered forward when she was finally able to stand, and she came to a halt because it seemed like she was about to be granted her wish and pass out. Her top was completely soaked from blood loss, her head was proving to be worse than she had initially thought. She tried to think past the urgency in her chest. She took off her backpack and took out a water bottle and a spare top. She poured the water over the wound and ripped the top before tying it around her head. Several deep breaths later, her spotty vision cleared a little. She chanced to jog, and when she didn't immediately collapse again, she carefully picked up the pace until she reached the edge of a cornfield. Already hesitated, fear a constant and unwanted companion snaked through her. Self-doubt began to rise, but the urgency in her chest forced her to take a step forward. Her senses sparked to life as she ran, and heard two voices ahead. A scarecrow up ahead almost stopped Aurelia's progression as she came to a small clearing. A young or middle-aged, she couldn't tell with the amount of blood and dirt covering his face and entire body, slammed his fist into an equally, if not dirtier and bloodier woman. She retaliated by elbowing him in the stomach. Stop, Aurelia commanded, placing herself between the warring pair. They both turned to look at her, and she realised belatedly how bad she must look with her bloody mask and makeshift bandage over her head. Mind your business, the man said, his attention reverting to the woman. Clearly Aurelia's zombie-like appearance wasn't enough to hold his attention. The feeling in her chest flared as the man tried to lunge for the woman. Aurelia shoved the man. Now I want you to leave this. Aurelia's threatening speech was cut off by the woman, who jumped onto her back. Leave my husband alone, you freak, she cried shrilly straight into Aurelia's not fully healed ear. Aurelia's energy bubbled to the surface. She tried to contain it, but it burst free, pushing the woman off her back and sending her flying a few feet away. Some of the corn caught on fire. Demon! You ain't nothing but a demon, the man said in his southern drawl. Aurelia tried to stand, unable to remember how she had ended up on the ground. She felt herself losing consciousness. She blinked a few times before she tried to register what was happening. The man with a shovel in his hand. She tried to raise, but it was like moving through syrup. She felt a sharp pain blossom on her head as she was struck. Aurelia prepared herself to be struck again, but he dropped the shovel and ran, arm in arm with the very same woman Aurelia had come to save. She felt her head. Her fingers came away sticky with blood. He had reopened her head wound and added one of his own. She was strangely grateful that he had only hit her and wasn't planning on burying her, like she had fleetingly thought. The pain in her chest had disappeared when the woman had jumped onto her back. At least I saved another life, was her last thought before she gave in and let the comforting darkness take her. Aurelia came awake slowly. She felt so rested that she didn't want to wake up. If she just stayed in this moment, then everything would be fine. 
If she just kept her eyes closed, then time would slow down, or maybe stop. A strange cocktail of spices met her senses, disturbing her peaceful fantasy. Her brow frowned as she heard soft footsteps and the whirling of a washing machine. Aurelia opened her eyes. She was in a living room. She had to stop passing out around people. She sat up slowly. The room spun and a dull ache in her head let her know that she wasn't yet completely recovered. How long was I out? She was sat on a surprisingly comfortable brown sofa in a cosy living room complete with a fireplace. The room was a warm yellow which appeared awash in gold by the sun's gaze coming in through the large bay windows. Not a single family photo or personal artefact, just shelves stocked full of jars of fruit and books on making preserved fruits surrounded her. Aurelia made her stand and realised someone had removed her clothes. Only a very thin blue blanket and her undergarments protected her modesty from whoever she could hear approaching the door. She spotted her backpack leaning against the far wall and was about to grab it and run when a short, portly woman with intelligent, honey-coloured eyes walked through the door with a tray in her hands. Aurelia watched her as she came closer with measured steps, her eyes never leaving Aurelia's face. Stifling a gasp, Aurelia touched her face. This woman knew her identity. Aurelia, wait, the woman said, her voice calm and measured. How does she know my name? Aurelia thought trying to remember if her bag contained any form of identification. Don't be afraid. I am here to help you. I know what you are going through. She began, her accent thick with her Nigerian ancestry. You know nothing, Aurelia snapped. The woman flinched, but Aurelia, who could no longer fight the anger she had been trying to suppress since leaving home, continued in a heated tone. I'm trusting you for one reason only. You know my identity, but do not for a minute think because you know my name, you have any idea who I am or what I've been through. She took a deep breath and and said in a calmer voice, thanks for the hospitality, but I need to go. She turned to leave, then stopped. She was still barely dressed. Aurelia, the woman's soft voice began. Aurelia tried not to flinch at the familiar way the woman spoke her name. You can learn to control your abilities. How did she know? Is that not why you are running away? The stranger said, her voice still eerily calm. Okay, chill. A quick glance at the door assured her it was unlocked. You are running away, the woman repeated, of the turmoil going on in Aurelia. You may think you are protecting your family, but you are not. You are master control. How can you be so sure? Aurelia found herself asking. The woman smiled and took a step forward. Because I have seen it, the woman said, her voice full of so much conviction that Aurelia took a step back. The woman sat down. She put the tray she had been carrying on the table and uncovered a large bowl filled with what smelled like coconut oil. Aurelia peered at it cautiously. Like you, I am a shadow, and I have an ability that allows me to see what the future could be, she said, swirling the liquid around with her pinky. How? Aurelia said curiously. I do not know all the mechanics of it, the woman wrapped a hand around a few of her dreadlocks, then dipped them into the liquefied coconut oil. It is erratic. I can go weeks and see nothing, but lately, all I see is you. Aurelia looked away from her piercing gaze. Why? Aurelia asked. Why is it always me? Why did I have to get this gift, this curse? She tried to push away the sense of deep loathing and guilt that had settled on her whenever she thought of what she had almost done to her family. Guidance, the woman said, gesturing to the sofa Aurelia had hastily vacated. I know, she paused. I do not know what you are going through, but I can relate and I want to help you. Aurelia hesitated before she went to sit down. For now, I will teach you how to temporarily stop your energy from slipping out. It is not a permanent solution, nor is it something I would generally recommend. Your abilities were never meant to be caged, the woman said softly. Close your eyes. Aurelia did so. Breathe in and out slowly, like you have been taught, the woman said patiently. Aurelia was about to open her eyes and ask how she knew, then thought better of it. Push your energy down. Aurelia's brow frowned. You imagine your energy as a second skin, do you not? Sort of, Aurelia said. When you use your energy, you project it out. But I want you to draw it in, as though it were sinking into your skin. Push it inwards. Aurelia made a sound of protest. Easy to say. Harder to do? The woman finished. Aurelia's eyes flew open. Mama Azal used to. I know. Sorry. For some reason, the woman looked embarrassed. 
Aurelia looked at her questioningly. Strange, talking to someone who, theoretically, already knows what you are going to say. Aurelia shrugged. About as strange as talking to someone who can sense when you're about to die. The woman smiled. My name is Oshan. Aurelia, but you already knew that, Aurelia said, returning her smile. Chapter 6. Visions of Fate Aurelia spent the next few days with the seer. Oshan's advice had worked like a charm. Her energy hadn't slipped out once, and a part of Aurelia wanted to continue caging her energy. But like Oshan had said, it wasn't a permanent solution. She had to master her abilities, and only Raycoon, her godfather, could teach her. Aurelia had come to reluctantly accept that Oshan could tell her to do certain things, and would give no real reason why, insisting that it's not what the fates want. With Oshan, it was the fates this, and the fates that, actual order and destiny. It feels a little much, that's all. An understatement of epic proportions, but Aurelia was trying not to freak out every time Oshan showed her visions of the future. Oshan shook her head patiently. It flows through your very blood, Aurelia. The world, the blood of the entire world, they have a stake in you. All the languages you speak, your upbringing, everything has been preparing you for this moment. This is your time. Stop! Can we just take it down a notch or two? I can't handle... Aurelia interrupted, gaining her feet and pacing the pool. What can't you handle? Oshan inquired gently. Aurelia opened her mouth to rant at the universe for singling her out for an extra dose of bad luck, sprinkled with some irony. She couldn't believe she told mum that she hated being normal. If she could go back in time, she'd hit herself and tell mum she was right. She'd do anything, give up every ability, stop being a shadow, to just be normal again. No one is normal, Oshan said, as if she'd read Aurelia's mind, or more accurately, seen a vision of Aurelia throwing a tantrum. Aurelia sank back into her chair. Will Alex get my powers? Aurelia said suddenly. I told you, just because I know some of what will happen. Will he or won't he? Aurelia interrupted, reaching the end of her patience. He will not gain your abilities. Aurelia sighed. A part of her really wanted to push for more answers, but another part knew that Ashan was right. It was probably better if her future wasn't laid out in front of her all at once. She was already feeling the pressure of fulfilling what little Ashan had shown her of what her future self would accomplish. I can't understand why I got these extra abilities, Aurelia said, confused. I understand your confusion. Alex's biological mum, Desiree, has more raw natural power than your biological mum, Azel. Thereby, Alex should be stronger. Aurelia nodded. What you are forgetting is that Desiree only had the potential to be stronger. She never tapped into that ability, Ashan said. Azel, however, trained harder than both your dad and Desiree combined and as a result became stronger. I'm still confused, Aurelia said. No, but I really can't say anything else, Oshan said firmly. You can't or you won't, Oshan didn't say anything. It must be nice having all the answers, Aurelia said bitterly. It is a burden that no matter how much time passes, I can never grow accustomed to, Oshan said softly. I'm sorry, Aurelia replied. I just, it's so unfair. And I know that sounds, I don't know. But it's just so unfair. I know, and I can't imagine what you are feeling, but we need you. We need the star. She stopped suddenly. The what? From the look on Oshan's face, I really knew she hadn't meant to say that. Aurelia tried to keep her tone neutral as she asked who or what the star was. A few of the newspapers have already started using the name, the star. That's what they will call you. I think it's fitting. Saviour of shadows would have been better, but well... <laughs> Oshan laughed. Oh, come on. Saviour of shadows. That's a bit much. I'm going to save a few people here, rescue a few people there, Aurelia said as she reached for a piece of sugar cane. They were sat on the porch. The evening sun warmed Aurelia's bare feet. Saving people, then having a place to come back to, had done wonders for her health. Every bruise was almost gone. She could stay here forever, picking fruits and preserving them in jars. The simple life. Oshan absently put one of her locks into the coconut oil. It was almost as if the visions were created in her hair and she let them out through the liquid. The liquid became transparent before Oshan's vision seeped in. Aurelia peered at the image. It was of her, except she looked like a complete badass, dressed head to toe in black, a gigantic star shining with a bright intensity on her chest. There was some strange glittery makeup or dust on her face that was also shaped like a star. It might have been a tad overkill, but it worked. 
because the dust seemed to move and shift like liquid glitter. The future Aurelia took to the skies and flew at a breathtaking speed before the image faded. The future Aurelia could fly. Right now Aurelia was just about making do, getting to people who needed saving in a decent amount of time and not dying in the process. Aurelia was silent for a long moment before she asked Oshan the one question she desperately wanted to ask but was afraid of knowing. What can you tell me about Tremor? Aurelia said hesitantly. Oshan's heart rate skyrocketed. Is her organisation, the Elders of Revolve, really dangerous? Aurelia stammered. I, I have played out this scenario a hundred different times and every time I tell you anything or I don't, you leave afraid and that fear, Oshan paused. He is a powerful shadow. He's the one that has been making you feel paranoid and afraid. He, he feeds on that fear, making him nearly undefeatable. Ori, it does not end well. End well, Aurelia repeated softly. Her mind that had been previously in overdrive, suddenly drawing a blank. It was several minutes later that her body registered Oshan's hand on hers. Aurelia snatched her hand away and was on her feet so fast Oshan recalled. Anger warred with despair as Aurelia glared at Oshan. Why the hell didn't you lead with that? What's the point of having all these abilities? What's the point of any of this? Of being afraid to bloody sleep? Become some psychotic shadow scaring me every moment of every day. Of running away from my family. Getting this stupid ability. If when I try and defeat these people, it doesn't end well. Why should I even bother? Even if I become strong, it means nothing. Because they're going to kill me anyway. Aurelia shouted as she angrily dashed away the tears in her eyes. Oshan's face was a mask of indecision as she slowly got up. So that's it then, Aurelia said, the tears coming fast now. I get abilities I don't want that forces me to save random people. Then I have to fight powerful shadows who hate me because I'm trying to stop them from torturing people. And I fail and die. Is that what the fates have in store for me? I don't get a say. I don't even get a choice. Aurelia burst into tears as Oshan put her arms around her. You do get a choice, Ori. You have a choice. The future is like the coconut oil. Even when it is solid, it can be made liquid again. The fates have... You can't fight fate, Aurelia said, hiccuping. You've seen me dying. When Oshan hesitated, Aurelia's heart skidded to a halt. It doesn't end well for me, right? Aurelia asked her voice urgent. Because there could only be one thing, one person, worse than her dying, and that was Alex. Bar rose up in Aurelia's throat at the mention of her brother's name. She stared at Oshan, but heard no words. Him and the other shadows on the team die. So not just Alex, she was also responsible for others dying as well. I'm sorry to burden you with this, but I know you can do this. The only way you will succeed is if you find balance between the two sides of yourself. Both Aurelia and the star must Oshan went on, but Aurelia's mind was far away, overrun with plans that did not include anything she'd seen in Oshan's vision. She couldn't fathom why her future self would be so selfish to create a team that were condemned to die, and to put Alex's life in danger, for that was just cruel. They need you, Ori, the other shadows, Oshan said, reading Aurelia's mind again. If you do not create the team, then evolve around them up for torture, like they did with Juan, if I don't include Alex. He's only going to try to save them, and without me, he dies, Aurelia said, blinking back tears, her chest hurting as though she'd already lost him. In my visions, the future is not written in stone. If anyone can defeat the elders and bring the shadows out of hiding, it is you, Oshan said. Aurelia met her gaze, so much confidence and expectation. What if I fail? Aurelia whispered. What if you don't? Are you ready? Oshan said. Aurelia nodded, her gaze shifting to the bungalow she'd been staying in for five days. I don't know if I'll ever be ready, but I'm going to try my hardest, Aurelia said. It's all we can ask. Oshan hugged Aurelia. Be the star. Light the way forward so the other shadows can step out of the darkness, Oshan said, stepping out of Aurelia's embrace. Aurelia nodded, feeling a knot in her throat as she waved goodbye to Oshan, before turning and walking back into the cornfield. 
I really hope you guys enjoyed The Shadows, book one. <laughs> um, I am working on book two and book three, where the main protagonist is actually a villain. Ooh. <laughs> um, but yeah, let me know what you guys think in the comments and things like that. I have so many stories that I want to share. Reading them out like does take a bit and also doing the different accents as well. I'm trying better to do accents, but I sometimes feel like I can't do it. I want to do it justice. Uh, but maybe, who knows, I, I might get other people to do voice acting with me here. Um, fingers crossed, you don't know. You don't know what the future holds. You'll have to wait and see. But for now, I want to say thank you all for listening. I really hope you enjoyed that. I might do another extract from The Shadows, maybe later down the line. But uh, who knows? We'll just have to tune in and see. <laughs> but I thank you everyone for listening. And please follow uh, me at CreativelyAzzy on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, check out my website, Chocolate is the Only Cure because it is <laughs> um i'm doing a crowdfund for the sickle cell warrior please support sickle cell winners thank you all very much bye